Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Good evening and welcome. Tonight's class is titled The Abominable Body in a Godly, with a Godly Soul. And it's a very special moment, the second day of Hanukkah. And as someone mentioned previously, Yeshua just mentioned that the fifth night is, very, is one of the most special nights because that's the night that we go from having at least... For example, today is the second day of Hanukkah. That means there are six candles that are not illuminated. Um, on the fifth night already, we have more candles illuminated than dark. So already we have more light than dark. There is a fascinating story that happened with Rabbi Shemtov when he was lighting the menorah. Now, I may have the wrong president, but I believe it was with President Jimmy Carter on the, light, on the White House lawn. Um, now, I'm not good with the history here, but I believe there was a period of time, a hundred days or more, that the president didn't come out of the White House because of some crisis. Well, it was the Iranian House. During the Democratic primaries, he stayed over. So, but the one item he came out for was to, to light the menorah. He came out. When he came out, when he came out, he asked, I don't know what night of Hanukkah it was, but I know it wasn't the eighth night. And he was told, we like the menorah to illuminate. So he's like, ah, so let's do all eight. What are we waiting around for? And look, if the president tells you to light all eight, what are you going to do? So they lit all eight. Let's say it was the second night of Hanukkah. Hmm. And the Rebbe heard about it. And the Rebbe gave a whole talk. How we do this specifically in an order. And just like a ladder, you can't jump to the top. The same thing, or like I know Yeshua always tells me, you have to have a plan, right? You don't, you, you don't just get the eight comes after one, two, three. So every night of Hanukkah is a part of this process. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night we're going to start asking for rain in the eleventh in the eleventh blessing of Shmon Esrei. And let me just clarify what this means on Shemini Atzeres. We, we started mentioning rain. On Shemini Atzeres, in the third, in the second blessing of the Shemona Esrei, we started saying, Mashiv Haruach Umorit HaGeshem, that Hashem causes the winds to blow and the rains to fall. That was almost the 15th of, uh, let's say, about the 23rd of Tishrei, and now we're two months later. So what's the difference that then we're... On Shemini Atzeres, we start the discussion of rain. We mention rain. But we're not asking God to give us rain. We don't ask until December 4th or December 5th. It depends if the coming year is going to be a secular leap year. If it's a secular leap year, we'll start on December 5th. If it's not going to be a leap year, we'll start on December 4th. So again, Yeshua wisely asks, he says, we go by the moon. How come this goes by the sun? Good question. But who has a good answer? Gershon? I don't know if it's a good answer. I have a good answer. 
Um, well, I got that book Miss Draken showed me about the Talmud. Yeah. And in the back, they talk about different times. Yeah. So there's a, I don't remember them all, there's a lunar year, which we go by. And then there's a, uh, a solar year, which I think, and I think your father explained it once. We have to adjust to it for like agricultural reasons. Otherwise, if we just went with a lunar calendar, someday we'd have Sukkot in the middle of winter or something like that. It's something like that. We have to make an adjustment. <coughs> that is correct. And that's why in the Jewish, in these secular, in the Jewish calendar, there is something called a leap year. We have a full month. But here's what I wanted to say. The seasons go by the sun. And this idea of when we start asking for rain goes by the sun. It depends on, right, because the seasons will go by the sun. Now December 4th or December 5th, if I remember correctly, I didn't look it up in preparation of the class, but I believe according to Jewish tradition, it's the day that the... Um, not season, there's another word for it. The equinox. Is it the equinox? Uh, or the least? No, it's not the solstice. Oh, it's not. So, the solstice yes, is uh, closer to the end of the month. But if you look at the calendar, yes. candle lighting on the 1st of December is 518. On the 8th is 517. Right. And on the 15th is 518. Right. So something between the 1st and the 15th you mean, happens. What you mean, 418? But it is kind of a... Now, is that a coincidence? Or not? Not, it's, not to the best of my knowledge. Okay. It, it has to do with the seasons. Well, it does. And yes. you know what? They're, I'm it's sure me. they're intertwined. So I would pause it and I would, yeah. I'll research this. Yes. But it would be the day on which the sun sets earliest. It's not the I shortest, it it's not the equivalent of the shortest day of the year. That's different. It's the day the sunset. You know, after the class, we'll look it up in Shulchan Aruch. There's one law, and we'll look it up and, and we'll clarify that. Yeah. We'll do that God willing, at 9 o'clock. Because winter solstice is when the sun reaches its most southerly part. It's when the earth is tilted the most against the sun. So it's, it's the southernmost point on the earth that it hits. That's winter solstice. So God willing, we will address this at the end of the class. I want to bring us together, and my goal for the next three minutes is to share the flow of Tanya, and then continue back inside. Chapter 26, we started off sharing how no matter how strong you are, if you are lazy, you will win you will lose the wrestling match. We gave that example of a wrestler. And if you could be strong, but if you are lazy at that moment, you, you will lose, even someone much weaker than you. We cannot be lazy, we cannot be sad. And we shared how we, we need to bring within our lives happiness. Literally happiness. Joy. Real joy. And we discussed in chapter 26 how could you be happy if someone has physical troubles? How could you be happy if someone has sinned? 
How could you be happy if you have temptations and lusts when you are not involved in prayer? How could you be happy if you still have temptations and lusts when you are involved in prayer? That, those were chapters 27, 28. Chapter 29 led us to discuss a second challenge that can befall Abainani. The first one was a lack of joy, which we addressed. The second item in chapter 29 is someone that their heart is clogged, where their brain is not, as, is not able to transfer its information into an emotion. And we shared two methods of overcoming that, whether it's through thinking about the, hum the lowliness, the crassness of the body, or by screaming at the, at the body for its blockage of godliness. And chapter 30 comes now and says, one second, if we're going to be constantly bombarding you with what a low and coarse body you have, how you're able to desire, you're lower than the lowest animal and, 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 and creatures on the ground because those creatures are listening to God but the human has the ability to go against God. And the sins that a human can, that a Jew could do uh, could cause greater trouble on high, so to say. It could cause things to happen that no one else could cause. We continued learning how someone who has inappropriate dreams, it's a reflection on them. Like, if we're constantly going to be bombarding you with how low you are, that's going to bring sadness. So now, we may have been able to crush the, crush the body, but we're back to issue number one. We're still sad. That's the introduction to chapter 30. So chapter 30 started saying, you know what? Sometimes you need to be sad. Like we gave the analogy that from the forest itself comes the handle for the axe. Sometimes you have to respond to... Why do they say? Pick on someone your own size. Sometimes you have to respond to a challenge in its language. So evil is coming to you, you need to respond with a little sadness. That was the beginning of chapter 30. But chapter 30 continues and says, one second. We're not dealing even with sadness. Someone that is low, someone that is going through a troubled time but is alive because of it, they're committed to, to, they're committed to following through and getting past this, that's not sadness. That's bitterness. There's a big difference. Sadness, as we discuss, is when you lose energy to continue. Bitterness is when you say, I, I'm sorry where I am, but I'm going to get past this. That's a godly emotion. It's a, an emotion coming from givura, from severity. Which is one of the ten he wrote. It's a holy, it's a holy attribute. So being bitter, but alive and well, is, is godly. And what we're going to share, what we're going to learn tonight, is that at times, having these thoughts about the lowliness of the body, as the title of the class is, the abominable, the abominable body with a godly soul, at times when we focus on the lowliness of the body, we're actually able to attain true joy, and, and later we're going to learn an, an even greater joy than the true joy. So this focus on how low we are could actually bring us to joy.
Right? Remember, we started off saying, thinking about how low you are is going to bring you to a lack of joy. Now we're saying, not only is it not going to bring me to a lack of joy, it's going to bring me to an even greater joy. Here we go. Chapter 31. Chapter 31, page 142. Do you see where in little words it says in the left-hand column, 6 Adar? Page 142, left-hand column. Do we have it? Now that's what I wanted to see. It's going to help us. Thank you. Let's leave it there. Page 142, left-hand column, following this. Um, this should be like right here, following, somewhere right here. Okay. You got it? Mm -hmm. Following this, once after the person has crushed himself by thinking about how low he is, he will attain true joy, simcha mitis. There is joy, but then there is true joy. It's a real joy. When he will reflect, how do you get this real joy? When he will reflect in his heart and gain a double measure of, com measure of comfort, comfort, nachamu b'kiflayim. In view of what has been said above in truth, saying to himself. So, here is something that is an important point. We, we always need to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes you go to somebody, you tell them, a, you tell them oh, I've, I've sinned, this and that, and they tell you, you're a great person, don't even, you've never sinned. That's not, they're lying. You, you're, you're, they're not accepting the, the situation. Tanya here is telling us, we're going to accept the situation, but we're going to be joyful. How, how could it be? What's the message you need to tell yourself? Yes, truly. And without doubt, I am far removed from God. We're not going to lie and say, don't worry. No, no. You know what? You're right. You are, without doubt, far removed from God. And I am abominable and loathsome and so on. Yes, true. My body is really down there. Yet, all this is myself alone. That is to say, the body with the soul that gives it life. You remember we learned previously that the Benini, he is his animal soul. A tzaddik is his godly soul. But a Benini is his animal soul. So I, who am I? If I am a Benini... So who am I? I am my animal soul. And my animal soul, you know what? It is loathsome and abominable. Yet, that's just the animal soul. Yet, there is within me a veritable part of God, which is found even in the most worthless of the worth worthless. Yes, I myself am low. But inside of me is a part of God, namely the divine soul with a spark 
a veritable godliness. Literally, a piece of God is inside of me, which is clothed in it and animates it. That means the fact that I am alive is from this godly soul that is in me. Except that it is, I don't feel it, as it were, in a state of exile. Okay. It's in me, but it's trapped in me. Because my animal soul is abominable and loathsome and is covering over it. But within me is a piece of God. So now when you think about this, what emotion does this bring out within you, Gershon? Imagine, I'm not talking about you, imagine this guy sitting right here. You with me, Gershon? I'm, I'm trying this to guy try. sitting here. Let's, let, let me change it over a little bit to something a little more relevant. Not relevant. This is very relevant. Something a little more understandable, perhaps, initially. You're looking at a man right here. I'll tell you a story. It's a true story. I know, I know a man. He was a very, extremely talented chazan. Extremely talented. He, he, he was on par to be the next chazan within the Jewish world. And unfortunately, he went through a rough time mentally and he lost his ability. So when you see that guy, what do you, what, what's your feeling for him? I feel sorry. For Pity. Him. You feel bad for him. You're like, here you have a man who within him has tremendous talent and is trapped. So have the same pity on yourself. With you or I, I'm going to talk about myself. I have a body which is loathsome, abominable because of the way I have acted, but inside of me is a piece of God. So I'm going to have pity on that piece of God. Yes, Gershon. The item that I was struggling with as yeah. you, you were talking was, okay, if we have a divine soul somewhere inside this abominable body, yeah. why can't the divine soul make the abominable body behave? Yes, yes. You know, Gershon, I am I, being very, very unclear. I want to be clear. The body is holy. The body is, the body is godly. Our souls are not loathsome. Uh, sorry, our bodies are not loathsome. Our bodies are not abominable. No, no, I, no I'm just... No, 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 this is a very important clarification. I very much... Our bodies are amazing. They're godly. But what we've learned in the past chapters are some items to think about that will tell you that, you, that I have acted inappropriately. I have acted in an abominable and loathsome way. So I have made the, bo the body abominable. The body is, is amazing. It's a piece of God also. But what, what we're saying is, previously we learned to think about, think about one of the items, for example, four items. We, let, let, me give, let me try and make this a little more practical. Chapter 29. I guess I get lost with who is I. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I want to try and... Divine soul should be I. Ah. Okay, so now we're going to, now we're going to make it two clarifications. Thank you. We learned previously in chapter... This is good. This is a good review. 
In chapter 29 also, we learned that, an, that a Bainani, he is his animal soul. A tzaddik is his godly soul. That's what we learned in chapter 29. I am, a Bainani is his animal soul, a tzaddik is his, is, is his godly soul. Now, a Bainani could have an amazing, a, a Bainani could have a body that at the, or an animal soul that at the moment <coughs> is in great place, is in a great situation. But we're discussing now in Tanya someone who has just, who has just really come down hard on himself and is, and is thinking about the sins that he's done and how far away he is from God. So at this moment, he's in a position where he is re- feeling low and far from God. So what we're telling that person is, you're right. You're right. You are at this minute, if you've sinned, you are at this minute low and far from God. But that's just you. But inside of you is a treasure. Inside of you is a godly soul. Did, did, did that help clarify that question? Yeah, I think I, I, think I missed that class. No, who I, we all missed it. We needed a reminder. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't miss it. <laughs> I, I, I missed it. Therefore, so, ah, so this them I have, I have separated, I've done items to separate myself from God. This is myself, the body with its animalistic soul, or vivifying soul, as it says here. Yet there is within me a veritable part of God which is found even in the most worthless of the worthless, namely the divine soul with the spark of veritable godliness which is closing it and animates it. Except that it is, as a word, a state of exile. So, inside of each and every one of us is a piece of God, but it's an exile. Therefore, if we think about this point, on the contrary, the further I am separated from God, and the more contemptible and loathsome, that means the lower I am, the deeper in exile is my divine soul, and the more greatly is she to be pitied. In this context, there's almost a quality in the lowliness of the animalistic soul, of the vivifying soul, of the body. The lower I am, the greater is the pity to be had on the godly soul. Tanya is soon going to give an example. Tanya is soon going to give an example. If you have... A simp- if you have a farmer, and I'm saying farmer, not, it, not in a disrespectful way. I mean, fa- I'm just using farmer as an example. If someone from a far-off city, which is just unwell-known, or he's in prison, that's, a, that's sad. But it's not, you don't, you're not going to have as much pity as if it were the crown prince who is in prison, locked up, and, and is uh, as a and is um, turning the millstone, a very low, very low object, a very low task. If, if it's the king's, if it's the prince, and he is doing this, it brings out more pity within you because of where he's come from. 
further falling. Right, right. It's the same thing here. <clears throat> the lower the body is, the more you've trapped the godly soul within you. Not the, the low, yeah, the lower someone has gone, the more trapped the godly soul is within him. Therefore, I shall make it my whole aim and desire to extricate her, the godly soul, and liberate her from this exile. This is my task in life right now. I want to redeem these, this soul from exile in order to return her to her father's house as in her youth. What does that mean? I want to return this girl to her father's house before she was married. What is in, in our context, what is this? I want to return the soul back to God. I want, to re I want the soul to have that connection with God at, just like before it came down into this body. Before she was closed in my body. When she was absorbed in His light, blessed be He, and completely united with Him. What do you want to do? You want to take that prince and you want to take... You want to Connect him back with his father. I want to take this soul that's within me and I want to connect her back to her father. Now she will again be thus absorbed and united with him. Blessed be he. Okay, so now we have clarity on what our task is. I'm sad that sadness should bring pity. That pity will bring to action. Action is, I want to connect the soul back to God. Before we continue, are there any questions? Okay. Mm -hmm. So now the question is, the soul descended to come into this world. The soul descended to come into this world, a great descent. It's kind of like, imagine the king's Imagine if the king sent his son to prison. Like, what are you complaining about here? The soul, Hashem, God took our soul through many, many journeys until the soul came to the body of each one of us. So Hashem did this. What do you, how can I, how can I, if, if we said our task, our mission now, is to return the soul to as it was when it came into our body, I understand. You want to return the soul to the way... If you said you want the king's son to be as clean as when he entered jail, I understand. But you're telling me you want to return the soul to the way it was before... She came into the body. How, how could I do that? But she's in the body right now. Dr. Miles, is the question clear? Yeah. <laughs> no, should I say it again or it's clear? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Corey? Yeah. You want to try and explain the question? Uh, can you repeat it again? Sure. I'm going to try and make this a little more graphical, a little more exciting. Okay, so Hashem has his treasure chest of souls. Now the, tre the souls up here cannot go into a body. They're godly. They're too separated from the body. 
In order for the souls to go into the body, they have to go through a lot of funnels. One funnel, and they a little diluted, another, a little more diluted, until the soul comes into our body. The soul in your body today has less godliness that is, that is shining within it as, when it as in its source when it's back home. Back home meaning right under God's throne. So why does it, why does it lose its lucidity, if you will? Well, in order to come down into this body, it had to be controlled a little bit. Otherwise, it's too bright to be able to come in within a physical body. You're not saying it travels through other bodies, are you? No. I'm not saying that your body was in some, somebody else's body. I'm saying that I'm, it, it, it travels through celestial bodies, or it travels through a, a, a chain, as we call it in, as we call it in Kabbalah, we call it Seder Yishtalos. It travels through a chain of events to get into your body, a chain of worlds. So the question is, how can you take your soul when it, while it's in your soul, while it's in your body, and have it be connected to God just like when it was not in the body? Here we said that our, to so our goal is to liberate her, the soul, from this exile in order to return her to her father's house, as in her youth, before she was closed in my body. But she's in my body now. So how could I try and return her to... What does that mean? We want to die? No. It means that we want to be living. Mm -hmm. So how, if we're living, can we return the godly soul to its source? Corey, question clear now? Yeah. Should I try again? No. <laughs> uh, you won't embarrass me. We learn in, in the Gemara, people have to repeat things 400 times. If, if it gets 400, then I'll be a little no annoyed. Your mother said 101 times, I think. 101. That, that's true. But we, we actually have a story, an amazing story to Talmud shares. I'm not going to go there now. but Shares Tanya, there's one thing in this world where the essence of God is revealed. And that is in the Torah. The essence of God is what? Is revealed. 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 We learned this in the beginning of, of uh, Bereshis, in the beginning of Chumash Bereshis, we learned that God took the light that He initially created the world with and He hid it. Has anyone seen this Rashi? Rashi comments on the, in the beginning of the Torah, one of the first Rashis. He says, God took the light that He initially created and He hid it. And two explanations where He hid it. One explanation is He hid it in the Torah. The second explanation is He hid it to be revealed when the, in the world to come, when Mashiach comes. But in the Torah, you can find the essence of God. When the story of Yutes Kislev, the 19th day of Kislev, when the uh, Alter Rebbe was in prison. Has anyone ever heard here of opening up a Torah for answers? Opening up a Torah for Opening up the Torah. If you have a question, you open the Torah for an answer? Sure. Opening the Torah, you mean like 
like, like I mean, if you have a question, you take a chumash, chumash. Oh, and you're like, yeah. you're like, meaning a question in life. Mm -hmm. Today, there are different customs about how you could find answers. For example, the Alter Rebbe says, he says that anyone who will learn Tanya, they'll be able to find all the questions for all their answers in his introduction. All the answers for all the questions. All the oh, did I say all the questions for all the answers? Yes, all the all the answers for all the questions. Jeopardy. <laughs> when Rabbi Shneir Zalman, when the Alter Rebbe was in jail, his Hasidim went to Rabbi Yitzchak of Berdichev, very very famous famous Hasidic Rebbe. And they asked him to pray. So he said, you want me to pray? He said, what's your Rebbe's name? Uh, they said, we don't know. We his name is Rebbe. Uh, we don't know his name. They knew his name. They knew his first name. They knew his name was Rebbe Schneer They didn't know his mother's name. He said, how can I pray if I don't know your mother's name? So he opened up the Torah. And it came out to the words, Shever. Where Yaakov, where Yaakov Avinu says, this is Torah portion, where Yaakov Avinu says that he tells his children, you should go back to Egypt, there's food there. He looks at the word Shever, and he says, Shever has three letters, Shin, Bez, and Arash. <coughs> it must mean that the Alter Rebbe's name is Shneer, Shin, Bayes stands for Ben. Mm -hmm. Reish stands for Rivka. Mm -hmm. And he was right. Mm -hmm. He was right. The, in the Torah is everything. The Torah has everything within it. Hashem is revealed in the Torah. So if we are going to go ahead and, and connect with the Torah, so yes, at that time we are connecting our, our godly soul, which is currently in a prison within our body, if we are not doing what we are supposed to, and we are going to connect it with the energy of the, the energy the soul had before it came down here. We asked, how could you return the soul to the energy it had before coming down here? The answer we're learning is through Torah. Because in the Torah and mitzvot, we're able to find the essence of God revealed just like the soul had before it came down here. Let's see it inside and then we'll take questions. Continues Tanya, page 142, right-hand column, fourth line. Now she will again be thus absorbed and united with Him. I'm going to return the soul back to its source. Blessed be He. If I will bend... My whole aim toward the Torah and the commandments. To close therein all her ten faculties, as mentioned above, I'm going to take all the ten faculties of the soul and connect them all with the Torah and mitzvos. If I only use some of the parts of my soul, then just those parts of the soul are connected with the essence of God. So we're going to use all ten faculties. Is it faculty? You mean the spirit? The ten spherot. And specifically prayer. Especially in the precept of prayer. To cry to the Lord in her distress. To cry to Hashem in the distress of the godly soul. Of exile in my despicable body. To liberate her from her prison. 
I want to liberate the godly soul from prison within my body, that she may attach herself to him, blessed be he. So again, the body is a good body. As Jews, we recognize, we believe that the physical body is godly. We're talking here about someone who is not on the best path. So he has made, at the current moment, he's made his body loathsome and despicable. So at that moment, two items we need to do to connect the godly soul to the energy it had with Hashem, the connection it had with Hashem before it came down into this world through Torah and mitzvot, and specifically through prayer. Why specifically prayer? Because every mitzvah has a deeper intention behind it. When we put on tefillin, we're supposed to be thinking about the unity of our mind and heart with God. When we light Shabbos candles, we should be thinking about the connection to illuminate, to illuminate the world, whether in, in the many senses. Every mitzvah has intention. What is the intention of tefillah? What, why do, what's the mitzvah to pray? The mitzvah is to share with God, to connect, but on a very, very simple level, to tell God what you need. I think I wrote down the words here. The mitzvah of tefillah is to request, to request from God what you need. That is a part of tefillah. It's express, perhaps one... To express gratitude. Well, yeah, but look at the pinnacle of... <clears throat> of davening is Shmon Esrei. And if you reach Shmon Esrei, we may think it's the lowest of low. You have Shema, that's beautiful. We're talking about the unity of God. The Ahavta, loving God. And then you come to the moment of the ultimate connection. Shmon Esrei, we're quiet. We're standing in one place. No one else could hear us. And we start off, God, please give me wisdom. It's a selfish prayer. Give me, give, give me, give me, give me, 19 times. Revive the dead. Give me wisdom. Please make sure that I have a nice esrog. That's Please make sure that the crop is going to be good this year. Return us to Israel. Heal all sick. Etc., etc. But, we're not going to talk about... Prayer has another... another have another class about that. But on a very simple level, prayer is a time to literally ask God for our needs. So what is a better time to connect with God and ask Him to release my godly soul from its prison than in prayer? And I want to conclude with the next five lines. It's really a beautiful, beautiful piece. And this is, is it's, it's an amazing point. I say this often takes to a whole new level. This, we have a quote in Pirkei Avot, it says, Teshuvah umasim tovim, repentance and good deeds. Now that's very positive, right? That's like starting off, okay, you need to repent. Why do you need to repent? should have said, masim tovim, you should have good deeds. If you need, there should be teshuvah, there should be repentance. But why, why are we saying, Teshuvah, there needs to be repentance, and good deeds. The order is backwards. The order should be you should have good deeds. If the, oh, wait, that was not good. Mm -hmm. That was not good. 
No more banging. That's my lesson. <laughs> the order should be... Let me get some napkins and wax. Yeah. Just let it get hard, and then you'll be able to. Uh, don't push it into the cloth. Just leave it. Yeah, just leave it on top, and when it gets cold. Okay. Ice yeah. would be the best thing. Don't push it. In. I'm. I'm not doing anything. No, it's fine. Yeah. Ice helps, and it'll just break off. Keep them from melting. Little excitement, Hanukkah excitement. So why do we have first teshuva, repentance, and here Hasidus tells us that teshuva is not the way people often think. That, that you're bad and now you're going to be good. That's not... Teshuva means to return. To return. Anyone could return. You could always return closer to God. <clears throat> and how do you return? Through good deeds. So Teshuva, it's not saying repent because you're bad. No, it's saying, Pirkei Avos is telling us, return to God and how do you return to God through good deeds? And this is exactly what we just said. You want to return your godly soul back to the essence of Hashem like it was before it came down here? How is that we said? Through Torah and mitzvot. That is what the same item is being taught to us in Pirkei Avos when the Pirkei Avos tells us that Teshuvah, how do you return closer to God? Through Masim Tovim, through good deeds. Let's see that inside. This is the essence of, as you see in quotes, repentance and good deeds. What do you mean repentance? What's the teshuva, right? The latter being the good deeds, which one per, the good deeds which one performs in order to restore the portion of the Lord to the source and root of all the worlds. Yeah, it's interesting, they write repentance, and then they clarify that it doesn't mean repentance. It means restore. Return. Yeah, re return. Okay, let's put this all together. And with this we'll conclude. Will we say repentance through good deeds? Say it again. Repentance through good deeds rather than Ah, ah, well... Clarify yes, yes. It's above. In Hebrew, it's Teshuvah Umaisim Tovim, which um, we have that ability to translate and good deeds, or we could say Teshuvah through good deeds. All yeah. you have to do is pray with the intention of releasing your imprisoned body, uh, godly soul. Not all. That's one of the items we said. You should learn Torah and do mitzvot. And on top of that, <laughs> especially cry out Hashem while you're praying. Yeah. What? Especially what? You should do Torah and mitzvot, but especially this item that you want to release your godly soul from its prison within your body, especially will be helpful when, by crying out during prayer. Let's summarize what we've learned tonight. We've learned that when someone is, is having these thoughts that we've mentioned, about the lowliness of their body, and it may break their, it may break them, it may break them emotionally. Don't let that get you down, because that's not sadness; that's bitterness. That's going to actually give you energy, 
It's going to bring you more passion. And not only will it bring you more passion, it's actually going to bring you to a greater joy. How can it bring you greater joy? We started discussing now. Because, think about the pity of that little child inside of you. Think about the pity of the godly soul within you. You want to return that godly soul to be able to connect back to its source the way it was before it came down here. How do you do that? Through Torah and mitzvot. We didn't yet learn how that's going to bring us to joy. Tonight we learned about, have a little Rachmanis, right? Everyone knows, knows the word Rachmanis, a little, a little compassion, a little, a little pity. Okay, thank you very much. I want to quickly finish off. Is, is it open? I want to... How do you unlock it? I want to finish off. We, just, we, we said about tomorrow night, starting Seva Sein, Talumatali Vracha, and the 11th Bracha of Shimon Esrei. And it, it was right there. Thank you. So, tomorrow night, according to Jewish tradition, is... <laughs> Tomorrow is. There's a confuse it mentioned the fifth and the sixth, but then it mentions also the fourth and the fifth. Is Tikufas Tishrei. I'm going to read you for a moment. In the third century, the Talmudic sage Shmuel calculated the length of the solar year as 365 days and six hours. Since the year is subdivided into four seasons, it follows that each Season is 91 days and seven and a half hours. Um, Five by four. I'm not going to bore you with all the details. Yes, it's quite, it's quite, yes, it's, a, it's quite an extensive piece that we'll share. My um, if you'll share with me the link, I'll, I'll share it out. But again, the, it's connected with... Um, I'll everyone, I'll everyone read the article later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.